Hey friends, there's a few dates in particular coming up, which I'd like to see as many 12 and a half as possible in the next few months. Um, March 15th and 16th, I'll be headlining Laughs Unlimited in Sacramento. Uh, April 5th, I'll be at the Last Best Comedy Club in Bozeman, Montana. Uh, I'd love it if we could get some 12 and a half in the crowd for those, uh, those particular dates. And the first week of May, I'll be at the MGM in Las Vegas. Be fun to party with you there. TJ will be in Syracuse February 16th and 17th. Raleigh, North Carolina, the Improv, March 8th and 9th. And uh, if you want more details about his dates, go to tjmillerdoesnothaveawebsite.com. And enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Now entering Nerdist.com. Answering the questions you don't have. Deep conversations in the shallow end. Two men with lots of ideas and less than an hour. Intelligent-ish. This is Cashing In with T.J. Miller. Welcome to Cashing In. I'm Cash Levy. It is so exciting to have you here listening to us. We tried to get T.J. Maxx in the studio, uh, but it turns out that's not a person. Uh, and then I, I asked for Ross, but that didn't work either. Uh, address for last. Uh, TJ Hooker was uh, apparently a fictional character, uh, so that didn't work. And there was really only one TJ left, and it's TJ Miller. How you doing, buddy? Hi, everybody. It's me, the least famous TG. <laughs> You're a TG and a TG, TJ, too. A TJ. Uh, we have a dead studio audience uh, today. Oh, it's God, filled, it's filled with the other, with the ghosts of the other performers that uh, canceled or couldn't make it. Yeah. Uh, but it's exciting to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me, Cash. It's great. I mean, I, I feel sort of I've mixed emotions. I'll be honest with oh, you. Okay. Uh, it oh. looks like this will be the final uh, episode what? of Cashing in with T.J. Miller. Yeah, but, I just I'm so bummed. I I don't. It seems like I just can't get any other guests. And you're a great guest, T.J. Thank you. You're but, a great guest. But I just wonder if maybe I should just move on and do other things with my life and my show. And it's just you know it's kind of depressing. But but you know what? Uh, you know. Greener pastures, you know what I mean? I mean, if you can only get one guest, I mean, what kind of, you know, what are you going to do, right? You know, such a bummer. But you know what? You know what we're going to have to do just to kind of pick up the the energy a little bit for this final podcast? We're going to have to do a triple Triple banger banger lightning round. I can't believe we're not going to do this. Question one. Question one. Better Native American stripper name. Dancing Bear? Bald eagle or squatting beaver? Bald eagle. <laughs> Bald eagle, man. Squatting beaver is a little bit too over the head. And dancing bear, that just seems like an unattractive stripper <laughs> that dances like a bear. How'd you get that name? I look like a bear and I dance like one, too. <laughs> come on. Come on. You want a lap dance? <laughs> That sounds a lot all, like my mystery all, guest. All, all, uh, lab dances are uh, lab dances are two pots of honey apiece. I love honey. You know bears. <laughs> you know bears, right? I've seen bears. Okay. Well, then you got it. Yeah, yeah. Listen, buddy. Uh, I think it has to be squatting beaver. Come on. Come on. Really? Yeah. Why? It just sounds like a dancer. Squatting beaver sounds like a dancer. It really doesn't. I know. <laughs> We're going to keep it uh, on the uh, musical topic here for triple, triple banger, banger lightning, lightning round. round. Question, Question two. two. Uh, Justin Bieber losing a step? Losing a step? Like, what do you mean? Well, it's, it's sort of a joke because he's, he's really young and, you know, he. It'd be crazy if he'd lose a step. He's only not even 20 yet. What does that mean, losing a step? Losing a step, like uh, not quite what he once was, like he's getting old. That's what that means. Oh, it's like I a sports see. expression. Losing a step. Okay. We'll do a fourth triple banger. No, 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 no. I, I do. I think that's funny. I think that's very funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he sort of is. You know, as soon as he started looking like a young, well-dressed lesbian, <laughs> and then I felt like, okay, buddy, what, what, what are you going to become? 
And so we'll all see. You know, we all know what Britney Spears, you know, what happened to her. She used to be a big pop star, then she went nuts, and now she's fine. Well, I'm shocked. I, I, I actually asked this as a joke. I think it's ludicrous to think he's losing his step, and now you're saying he is losing his step? I think he step? is, yeah. I think he's not what he once was, <laughs> that doesn't which make is what sense. I call it. How old is he? He's 12. Now, I, how old is he? I think he's like, you know, 16 I think or he's got a lot of life left in him. I think it's over. I think it was over with Dave. I, so. yeah. I don't think so. But we'll do, we're going to do four triple bangers just because this has been such a debacle. Okay. Triple banger the lightning, lightning round. round. Question yeah. three. Three. three not the tres, last question. Tres, tres. Sex on the first no date. Sex on the first date. True or false? Sean Connery says <laughs> that's a rule. <laughs> As a rule, I always wonder. Did I have sex? <laughs> I was trying to write one that was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to... Okay, Justin Bieber is 18. Okay, yeah. You can't lose a step Oh, yeah, no, he's done, man. He's can't over. lose a step for 18. It's 20. over for him. Goodbye, I was trying to do Bieber. one. I was trying to do a triple banger similar to rule number one. How do we know you're not a cop? I thought that was perfect. Right, so I tried to do one like that. It doesn't make any sense that's, uh, you know, uh, sex on a first date, true or false. And I think my answer is, of course, you know, what I just said in the Sean Connery voice. But I would also say uh, true. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Definitely true. Triple banger lightning, lightning round. round. Final question. El último question. Final question. Pregunta número cuatro. Your favorite musical instrument for a solo, triangle, tambourine, or rape whistle? Tambourine. But I'd respect a woman who can play a little ditty on her rape whistle as she's being attacked. <laughs> There were some great rape whistles of the 20s, like early in the early 20th century, and I feel like it's an instrument that's just been hijacked by the whole rape thing. Yeah. I mean, be, before there was rape. And know, why a whistle? Why not a rape? In the 1940s. Why not a rape bagpipe? Yeah. I mean, you know, they're harder to carry, and they're not as high-pitched, but I, I, I certainly, I've walked <laughs> past a couple of alleys where I had... <laughs> And I've been like, stop, unhand her, you know, <laughs> a rape bagpipe, a rape bagpipe, you know, uh, I think I, I, like, I like a tambourine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for a solo. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good tambourine. So you, you can be really physical with it, you know, you can get physical with a tambourine. Yeah. You can move around a lot. You, you know? can use it as a target. The if triangle, you put it around your vagina. And a lot of different. Uh, there's three different sides that you can actually hit on the triangle. You can Is that actually. True? Yeah, you can hit three different parts of it, and you can hit the inside or the outside. Yeah. So you got six parts total. Six. In fact, options. there's a, as we're talking. There's a. Uh, there's a siren. Mm-hmm. This guy's in a way. This fire truck is doing its own music solo. That's right. That's right. Oh yeah, yeah. Can you hear that on the air? Wow, this is troublesome. Sometimes I very troublesome. Sometimes I hear those, and I'm friends with uh, you know one of my friends that I'm with. I'll turn. I'll go. Looks like a toaster is going fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's never gonna laugh, and you know it sometimes will lead to the end of of that day together. <laughs> hey, buddy, where were you? You know, I was just uh, I just got back from Denver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, yeah. I love it there. Hot diggity. Hot diggity. Hot diggity. Hot diggity dog. That's how we, of course, show uh, respect. Uh, I went to, they have a specialty sausage place called Uber Sausage, which mm-hmm. is run by some which means like kids more younger sausage. than me. It's, Uber. it's the most Much sausage. sausage. It is right? the must. Super, it's super sausage. Super sausage. If it was a telev- television program, it would be a super sausage. Yeah. yeah. Sunday, Domingo. Uh, and so this place, Uber Sausage, was across from my high school, East High School, is delicious. They make all their own sausages. They serve them on a great bread. Every single one of their different kind of hot dog things is really, really good. I really recommend it. I went there. And it was it was awkward because they were younger than me, and some of them went to you know East and GW, but they, we didn't know each other really. And I said, uh, you know, I, I said thank, thank you guys so much for for having me because they sort of reached out to me on Twitter, and I said no problem. And and uh, and as he gave me the stuff, he got, he, as he gave me the sandwiches, I said, well, I'm, I'm going to tweet about this. You know, I'm about to tell all my followers yeah. how excited I am to be here. And you know, I, I didn't expect one, but I was kind of thinking, you know, I wouldn't kill you to throw in one of the hot dogs for free. We got like six of them for my whole right, family. Right. And the guy's like, oh, thank you so much. And then he just charged me. 
Full price. Full price. And then he made me pay him another $10. Uber price. For It was Uber price. That's the Uber price. It was Uber priced. Wow. Pretty awful, huh? He treated you like a second-rate squirrel. <laughs> he was a bit of a horsey guy. <laughs> wow, uh, that's frustrating. But, yeah, I mean, you know, and it's it's not just that. It's just like, you know, you clearly, they, and I do support them. They're a great business. But, mm-hmm. you know, get, throw a guy a, throw a guy a thing of fries. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Give throw a guy a little something. bit. Make a gesture. Make a gesturing. Yeah. They're all nice guys, though, and I love that place. I, I just... You know, and I, I, I go every time I'm in town. I really do like it there. Well, and it's like when people, I get insulted when people give me, or they, they give me like 97 cents change. Like, I think we, just for the fact that we've known each other for even a minute or two. Give me a dollar. Give me the full dollar. Well, I, I'd do more, the same for you. Really? What about yeah. for nine? I think 99 cents you can. Okay. So you can make dollar. that case for a cent. But you know what it is? is these corporations get, you know, they track all the stuff. You get fired if you don't give the right kind of change. It's unbelievable. That's true. It is weird. I do this thing once a year. No, I used to work no, at Best Buy. It, it is, is true. Is. Yeah, I do this. I do this. Unbelievable. <laughs> I do this thing once a year where uh-huh. I. <laughs> Um, every uh, holiday, mm-hmm. I like to give a $50 tip to somebody without them knowing it. And I like to do it by Christmas. Um, you know, just, just give someone a $50 tip that really didn't expect it, right? And this last year, I ran out of uh, places. Like, it was, it was almost midnight, and I hadn't done it yet. Because the last, <laughs> like, three people I had met in different restaurants just were not worthy at all. They were just terrible people. Of the $50 tip. And so I was telling my wife, I'm like, I've got to do it. I have this agreement with myself. I always do it before Christmas. So I was like, oh. so I, I guess I'm going to have to do it at a drive through window. So I, <laughs> so I drove to uh, McDonald's, and the guy at the first window was obviously like a manager or something. And I could tell that the girl at the second window was kind of, you know, it was a girl. And I kind of was leaning towards doing it with a girl. And then I thought, that's kind of, you know, not fair. Just because this guy's a guy, I'm going to give him the $50, right? Oh, no. I and he hadn't done happen. anything at all. And I go, you know, he done, he, we just talked. I just take, you know, he, I guess took my money. And then I'm like, here, keep this. Happy holidays. I give him the $50. And he looked at basically he started blowing a rape whistle like he was so freaked out by it. I felt like I had done something horribly wrong. Right. He's like, no, take it back. Take it back. This isn't legal. Don't I, we can't do this. And I'm like, oh, my God. But I was already sort of driving away. So now I'm going to have to go in reverse. No, did take you the 50 uh, back? No. no, I didn't. I couldn't. But I felt like I had done some horrible thing. And I went home with April and I was like, I felt like I was about to cry. And I went home and I'm like, I feel like I, I like lost this guy's job. I felt like such a bad person, you know? They shouldn't have rules that, you know, uh, no, that's crazy. that strict where that's they can't cr- keep can't, a $50 tip. There should be no rules against receiving a gratuity. This guy was freaked out. It was like Big but Brother's see, I, watching. Why, and don't give it to the hide. manager. Give it to the people but who I, work for I him. I didn't know who. if I thought what you're still, this guy's got a family. He's still working at McDonald's Christmas. Does he, is, does he have a family or is he just doing his job? He's, he's He has a family. He showed me pictures of two of his dogs, Tuttle and Bill Bisquick. Bill Bisquick. Bill Bisquick. <laughs> Bill. Hi, I'm Bill Bisquick. Tuttle. He has two dogs. Air Tuttle. the Bisquick Biscuit He showed Empire. me, right when I got there, he showed me pictures of Tuttle and Bill Bisquick. Those are his two dogs. So, so all I'm saying is like... That's, that's I have a name of dog, Bill Bisquick. Kind of, he's still working... Bill Bisquick! Did you... T- oh, you pooped in the... Uh, Bill? Bill Bisquick. Come here, Bill. Billy B. In, in any event, you have to just give it, because it's not fair to just give it to the person at the second window, just because you suspect the first. I blame you. You're still at 1150. You think it was my fault? Yeah, I would have given it I'm to the bad girl. Person. Give it to the younger person who kind of needs it and will appreciate it more. Yeah, I blew it. I feel like a horrible person. For you give, should, man. For I, mean, if I, was, I don't know. I feel like if I was you, I'd probably cry. I'm an asshole. Probably kill myself. I'd probably cry. I was just in Las Vegas. <gasps> Uh, How was that? Where, where were Las you Vegas. in Las Vegas? This was really fun. I did a show in Las Vegas. My friend came and visited me. And uh, what I like to do is always have some type of um, gear with me when I go out. Uh, I had these two big rubber balls in did my pocket. Did you drive out? Yeah, I drove out, uh, did the show, and they had these giveaways after the show, and I had these two rubber balls. And it was a beautiful night. It was uh, probably 80 degrees outside, and there was a golf course right there. Uh, 
at the uh, at the win, and so uh, we decided to play a little golf at night. Uh, so we went out there. This is Steve Maison, actually. He came out. It was his birthday, so we okay. were partying, we were celebrating. Sure. We go to this golf course. We play n- golf. We play 18 holes where you have to kick the ball into the hole, you know? Uh, we were kind of wasted, too. Yeah. It was really fun. So, wait, you're kicking. How big are the rubber balls? They're just a little bit smaller than the hole. Perfect size. Nice. Right? So, we're playing. I couldn't believe it. I thought there were going to be tons of people out there because it's such a beautiful night. Like, why do you want to be in a bar? Like, it's, you have this giant, yeah. uh, basically. Is it a know, nighttime golf course? Thing? No. But the stars were out. It was totally. It was. It was totally light enough to do it. And people are allowed. to Nobody just go? was out there. I don't think it was allowed. Did you have to jump a fence? Or we something? didn't have to jump a fence though. We just walked right out there, right? Because we're Americans. This is yeah, America. sure, it's America. So we play our golf, and then I tweeted a couple of days later. I tweeted like, you know, I went and played foot golf with my friend, uh, and he's the best. Foot he's golf. a North American champion because he only has half a foot or something like that. Mm-hmm. And literally within ten minutes. The European Foot Golf Association tweeted me. They must be looking for people, and they're like, "Where is this course that you speak of?" Now I speak. You know, I think they were from like because all their other tweets were in like uh, uh, in in uh, um, Swedish. Really? Yeah, or something. I think they're from Sweden, but I, I'm I can't do Swedish accents. So I'm just like I make it sound like they're Yoda. You know? Where is this course that you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have not heard of this champion. So they, so they were, the, and is it the same kind of foot golf? <laughs> well, that's the thing. I looked up pictures of it. They play with a full, a big soccer ball, so it doesn't even go in the hall. I think their sport is bullshit. Right? So they'll, they'll we kick play, it. we play an American way. We yeah. play where it goes all the way in the hole. I don't know what Swedish they do one. when they get to the hole. Just to, do they have to kick it so lightly that once it hits the hole, it stays on? I don't top even of understand it? what they do. Are you so? You, that's your guess? Well, here's I mean, the thing. Gonna, so I wrote I'm back, the course is on the wind golf course, and uh, Steve Maison's the American champion. The next day, I got a tweet from the American Foot Golf Association. Now, it only has 33 members. The sport is much younger here. <laughs> it only has 33 <laughs> yeah. members? How many members were at the other one? Uh, like 350 or something. <laughs> Still but, nobody. But the Still American nobody. guys went ahead, and uh, I guess two guys like showed up uh, on the course thinking that uh you know <laughs> it's a foot golf i'm yeah. sure the people at the win were like what the hell are these people doing like they thought it was an official course meanwhile the people in europe sent a picture of the website and suggested that everybody go play there so now i think the win is inundated with foot golfers footgolf.eu says foot golf is foot is a football which is feasible for everyone Golf, which is affordable for everyone. Pretty yeah. awesome. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. <laughs> what is the deal? Hold on. It's coming up right now. So, it, it, yeah, they use full-size football. Oh, I see. These are full soccer full balls. Full-size f- soccer balls. And then what they do is you get a ring, like an orange plastic ring, and it says, Funniest Then Imagined. <laughs> this is clearly made by like some guy who's trying to sell this thing and it is not working. So it says, I, I mean, I'm reading this word for word. Funniest than imagined the game without limits exclamation mark. Foot golf is an entertaining social ball game where the number of players only depends on the company, quantity of balls and existed existence of special nests. What? I'm Special not joking. N-E-S-T-S, like bird's nest. Each player has his own ball, which is Special different from nest. the other players. Foot golf does not require special skills or physical strength. The velocity is chosen individually by every player. That's right. Every player is like, I can kick this as hard as I want. No, yeah. Unlike real golf, we'll be like, you have to swing this many miles an hour. The game is feasible for the players from children to seniors. Excitement. Feasible. It's feasible. Excitement. Bonus beats. Beating off other players' balls. Ooh, this, this, this. Let's say that again. Could you? Uh, excitement. Bonus beats. Beating off the other players' balls. Rule number one: How do you beat off other people's balls? Missing the goal with the euphoria of kicking the winning goal, etc., make you forget about time and your worries. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Who wrote this copy? Uh, foot. 
foot golf is a football which is feasible for everyone. Golf which is affordable for everyone. The game without limits! Exclamation mark. Enjoy the game. Gaydar Matt, the author. <laughs> foot golf Gaydar. using special ness invented the 2005th. Wow. I mean, I had no idea. I didn't look it up. That is so weird. But I, I look, I like the sport better the way I play it with the little rubber balls. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So, anyway, I just wanted to tell you about that. Oh, look, he's just, this is it. You know, he came up with this invention. He's trying. Try, try, exclamation mark, it says in the bottom right corner. We wish to find a partners for distribute the game broadly in an effective way. Introduce splendid ball game in your country, city, rural municipality, village, or school. Village. Become the sole representative of your rage. War torn village, guys. I, uh, I I've come here to this rural municipality here in the village of Kraksyar to bring you to introduce a splendid ball game. It's uh, it's feasible for all ages. It's feasible for all ages, and it is. I, I, you know, this is. I, I think it'll benefit our rural municipality because uh, it is football, a game for everyone, a game without limits. It's golf for everyone, and it's foots. And you can choose the velocity of you your kicking. You can choose the velocity of your kicking, which is a choice <laughs> that a lot of sports don't give you. You can't choose a velocity of how you swing a bat. No, no one can. Or a golf club. But this, this sport is free. It's like America. It's like... It is up to you for to decide what velocity at which you will kick the balls. Beat off the other players' balls. I like to beat off the other players' balls. I don't even know what that part meant. Are you allowed to hit the other person's yeah, it's, ball? It's like bocce. Oh, interesting. We didn't play that way. Well, yeah. Yeah. I wish I, we had known the rules. It would have changed everything. Only time I beat off anybody's balls is in space. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's where we were. We're going to move along. We have an interesting episode for you today. Ooh. We're going to analyze T.J. Miller's life, and I don't, I don't do this very often. Um, I don't know what that was. <laughs> that was me. Like an animal was in my throat. <laughs> uh, we're going we're gonna to analyze T.J. Miller's There's life. There's a little squirrel in there. There's a squirrel in there. Go a flying oh, squirrel. Oh, oh. Um, I ate a squirrel fetus before I came in. Uh, we're going to analyze T.J. Miller's life uh, through the lens of uh, Maslow's Hierarchy of needs. Mm. Now, if you don't know what Maslow's hierarchy of needs is, uh, it's a triangle uh, that sort of uh, tries to make you realize how you can live a life uh, more fulfilled. Uh, the, the bottom of the pyramid, and you can look it up on the internet if you want to, is physiological. The second part of the pyramid is safety. The third part, love and belonging. The fourth, esteem. And then you self-actualize at the top of the pyramid. The theory that Maslow had was that you can't really do the upper levels of self-actualization if you're uh, not sort of taking care of the bottom parts. That's how life is lived. You have to fulfill each level before you can proceed to the the next level. That's right. And so you, you, you know, it's Maslow's Maslow's, you, you, uh, you know, you, you get your most basic needs under control and then later you're able to really become creative and do very special things with your life. So we're going to analyze this through the lens of TJ Miller. And also we're going to take a look at how, uh, it's changed over the years. I mean, this was in 1943 that this came out, and it was uh, pretty important uh, in this field. But now maybe things have changed a little bit. Let's look at the bottom. Physiological. You've talked about, this for, you've talked about doing this for a little while. And I, I like, yeah. I mean, I think this is very interesting because I studied Maslow's hierarchy of needs in college. Yeah, well, let's, let's start at the bottom. Let's you've got it. breathing, food, water, sex, sleep, homeostasis, and excretion. How's your, uh, how's your excretion? Is it, uh, is it doing pretty well? It's okay. You feel like you're okay? Yeah, I mean, I'd rather people didn't ask me about it, as I've right mentioned afterwards. in previous episodes. Yeah, right afterwards. But this is under the lens of uh, the hierarchy of needs, so it's fair yeah, to, I mean, to ask I'm, you. I'm excreting pretty regularly. Because I excrete so often in terms of peeing that I would prefer... Now, I think it's kind of the point where I have to choose... Um, I'd rather be dehydrated. Really? Yeah. I would prefer severe dehydration than having to deal with the bathroom very often. So I only drink uh, one tiny 
uh, drop of water every four to five days. Good thing it's a tiny drop because if you drink a big drop, you know, uh, like a large a, drop, bucket sized drop, a of large water. drop would be bigger. Uh, it's mainly airplane juice, but I, for the most part, just try to drink <laughs> a tiny bit because I don't like using the restroom. Yeah, I mean, I, my. Yeah, my excretion, I think, is fine. I do. I urinate a lot. But I got to tell you, man, I, I love to stay hydrated. I just love it. You mm. know, I love yeah. water. I love being in it. I love being around it. Yeah. I love it throwing I it like at people. I like swimming in it. I like swimming in it. But I just think I prefer to be severely dehydrated. So that mm. may uh, make it more difficult for me to climb uh, the pyramid. Let's talk about sex. Sex is on the bottom. You notice that. Um, yeah. For the women out there, sex is on the bottom. Before we can even do anything in our lives, we need sex. And that's an important thing. I mean, you know, it is. This is sort of these are the animalistic desires that we all need fulfilled. And a lot of women don't realize this, but if you don't have breathing food, water, sex, sleep, homeostasis, and excretion, and hopefully not all at once, because that would be one hell That'd of be an one afternoon. hell of a moment, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you've got to have sex. You know, I think you need... How often do you think you need but sex But I think it was easier it? back oh. then, because you could use the old, you know, I was in the war technique, yeah, yeah. you know, the which old, I would have used I was all in the, the war time. I would have had an effect. I would have had a limp, and I oh, was in the war, I just got back, I was a soldier, don't you owe it to me? Well, how so, often do you think that... <laughs> Don't you owe it to me? Uh, how often do you think that someone needs sex? Yeah, to fulfill that physiological need, so that they I think, minimum. Yeah, I think people need sex. I don't think they realize it, but I think people need sex uh, once a day. No, I was just trying to. I was just, I was just hoping my wife was listening. I uh, <laughs> no, I think I think people really do need sex like once a week. Yeah, I think it can be no less than once a week. You yeah. really should try and have sex once a week, and then I think that fulfills that need. Yeah, that's guys. Nice. I mean, guys, if you here's what I say: if you can stop masturbating and just have sex, then I think you're having the the appropriate amount of sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're saying once. A, see, I don't think once a week is enough. I'm saying that's the bare minimum. That's what I'm saying too. Because I really think it's probably better three times a week. You, th- you really think once a day, but it's no. I, guys I honestly think that I think in a relationship, I think it's fair to demand three times a week. To demand is demand if if necessary. Yeah, you stand on a soapbox. I really do. I think because that's what you need. You need three a week, at least three thirty minutes uh, sessions of uh, thirty minutes at least. That's an hour and a half. Here's the speech I made. That's an hour and a half. (laughs) That's an hour and a half a week I'm asking for. Three hours every two weeks. That's six hours a month. That's not a lot to ask of someone that's saying you're you're not allowed to go anywhere else. Is that a lot to ask? I don't think that's a lot to ask. I don't think it is. You know, and I'm a little different. I prefer to have sex 10 to 20 times a week. In five-minute increments. <laughs> five-minute increments. So, you know, that's really an hour to an hour and 40 minutes a week. It's just a little more than yours, but I really want them five minutes. I want, you know, in and out. Yeah, yeah. In and out. I go in, then I go out, and I go in, and then I go out. And then I come to climax, and I only come to climax. And I out. You know, I'm out of the, I'm out yeah. of the house to yeah. celebrate somebody's engagement, maybe, yeah. let's say. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think, yeah, I, I think you should, about an hour and a half a week. Hour and a half a week. So we agree on that. That's what you need on the bottom. I mean, yes, we said once you could survive on it, but I don't think you're going to move up the triangle as much as you want to mm-hmm. unless you get the three a week. Okay? So that's where that is. We have water. We talked about that. Breathing. How's your breathing? <sighs> Not great. <laughs> what do you mean? You, you can breathe through your nose. I mean, you told us that story. Some people can. I know. I mean, at least you learned how to breathe through your nose. I did learn how to breathe through my nose, and I also, I can see through my ears. Hmm. Interesting. You know, I can see your voice every yeah. time you speak to me. That's one way to look at it. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, my breathing's good. And food, you know, food, I always get more food, food. than I really need. You can always have enough food. Um, you've got the tilapia. you got... Uh, I love you, you love tilapia. Mm, I don't. Little tiny kishas. Yeah, you know, you've got uh, chipotle if you need it. They didn't have chipotle in 1943. No way. I think it's a lot easier to get food now, but generally it's not really quality food. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the fast food and everything. Ugh. So you got to be careful what you get. So that's the physiological. Well, homeostasis. Oh, homeostasis. You're, you're, that's, uh, to define that, I think that's, uh, pretty much just being a, a feeling of, uh, 
of peace and safety. Is that correct, Matt? He's looking. He's going to his phone. He's going to he's the phone. His phone. While he's doing that, let's go to the next level. Well, we're going to go to the next level, which is a safety. And uh, things were more dangerous back then. Yeah. In safety was more important. I mean, uh, they didn't have a safety dance. Nobody- we have a safety dance. <laughs> they didn't have that. They had like people walking on girders. Hundreds of they feet above the ground belts. with no belt, and they're drinking beer, and their legs are hanging over the side. They had people hanging on clocks. Have you seen that picture? Harold Lloyd. People were hanging on clocks back yeah, then. It was yeah. a very dangerous world. Things are safer now, right? Yeah, but I think you know this is this is just any human being, and now it's easier than ever to to fulfill the lower sections of the pyramid. So safety. So the first one is security of body. Security body of employment, of resources, of morality, of the family, of health, of property. So it's mostly, you know, if you're sick, if you have cancer, if you have, you know, Parkinson's disease or something, then you're not, that level is not fulfilled. Yeah, yeah. But you need you need to be safe. Uh, homeostasis is the uh, tendency of a system um, to maintain internal stability. You have stability. I mean, you're a guy that went into a bear cage. To get apart. Yeah, I think I'm pretty stable. Not necessarily because of that point that you just made. I think, I think well, I think that you're feeling pretty safe and you're feeling pretty secure. Well, my body you trust. Yeah, my, you, you have a trust in the universe. Yeah, I feel yeah. That the bear wasn't going to attack you. Yes. Whereas yeah. I'm more of a I'm more of a worrier, you know. Uh yes. You know, a lot of people worry they've left the iron on. Did you leave it on? And I worry it's potting against me. <laughs> You know, so you have to get rid of the worry to 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 go up the uh, to go up the triangle. Um, property. What do you think of property? I mean, you know, that's look your your safety of property. I mean, yeah, I I, I live in a house that has locks. I don't constantly feel like people are going to steal things that I own. So I feel pretty safe in, in, in my property. But I don't think property is that important for happiness. You know, every, every time they've done studies in terms of, uh, I, I agree with everything on the bottom level. Um, mm-hmm. especially sex, but, uh, <laughs> three, 30 minutes, an hour and a half, hour and a half a week. Um, I agree with all that, but I think property, they've done studies where people win the lottery and they, they're, they're exactly the same amount of happiness after they have that wealth. They go and, and also people go to prison, but this, but that's people go to prison and they're exactly as happy like a month later, not a month, maybe six months later. Mm-hmm. Your level of happiness is inside. It's, it really doesn't have to do with some of these external elements. That's so true. But this is, more, in here. this is more safety of property. See, it's sorry, security of body of employment of, so it's the, do you feel secure about your property? Do you think that your property is going to be taken from you or attacked? Do you think you're not going to have enough money to pay rent? That's sort of what it is. Okay. And I think, you know, I feel pretty good. I'd like to move into a less expensive apartment. Um, but, I, you know, I feel secure in my property. I feel secure in, you know, are, are you, do, you have, do you feel the security of your family is okay? Are you, do you feel your family is yeah. threatened? Yeah, no. I, I think they're pretty secure. So we've got all these, correct. And the, the Security next of body, I mean, I don't, I'm totally insecure with my body. You know, from the knees to the feet, I don't know what to say. I feel like I have small ears. They're so small I can't even hear anyone making fun of them. <laughs> but you can see from them. So I'm a bit, a little bit insecure you said you about can my see body. From them. I can see from them. I can see how much people make fun of how small they are. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And security of employment, I think we both, you know, if once you're a comedian and you're touring and you're working, then you feel pretty secure. You do. And your employment, right? And your employment's important just for your self-image. Uh, I mean, you just, as long as you're working, uh, you know, it, yeah. it, it makes you feel better. The next one is love and belonging. Mm-hmm. And uh, friendship, family, sexual intimacy. This is the middle of the uh, right. of the pyramid. It's the third level. Uh, friendship. Um, now, you, you were going to make... I, I read on Twitter... Uh, thing that you did where you said that you were going to uh, make shirts uh, USS friendship yeah I'd like to yeah yeah that that's that's a good one what about does Facebook count as friends does those count I don't Twitter think so. I mean if you have love love and belonging is you know do you have friends that you have a loving relationship with you guys get along really well do you feel like you belong to a circle of friends do you feel love from your family? Do you feel like you belong in your family? And do you feel love from your primary partner? And do you feel like you belong 
in that relationship. So you've got all those covered. I think I, I really like my friends. Okay, gonna... I love my family. And, you know, I can't stand the person that I have sex with. <laughs> but I do love having sex with her. And I do belong inside of her. Inside of her. Vomit-filled vagina. <laughs> I feel like if if someone didn't hear our last episode, they they might not get that reference. So it go doesn't back. matter. You have to I go love it. You have to listen to every episode in order to understand why it's completely appropriate for him to say he vomited or his there's vomit inside his girlfriend's yeah, it's vagina, you know, and also he feels perfectly comfortable having sex with her when she's in a coma. Let's remember I, that. And listen, she has said that that would be. She cool. has said that that's fine. Uh, okay? But I, I, I'm telling that, you, you know, I don't know what what the hierarchy of needs <laughs> would say about that. That's well, it fulfills the sex part, yeah. right? But there's nothing about having sex with your coma. You, you oh, yours your doesn't say that? Mine does Mine say is, that. Oh, yours says that. Well, okay. I wrote it in, but yeah, mine says that. I mean, I can read my handwriting clearly. It's right there's here. a lot of things that aren't on my pyramid. For example, there's no uh, sunsets, horse chicks. Horse chicks? Tilapia, spinning. Uh, there's none of those. I mean, I'm glad no spinning chicks. isn't on there. There's no spinning. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, and I, yeah, do you... What do you think? Do you feel like you have love and belonging? I feel like I'm doing fine. I feel like I'm doing fine. your friendship, family, and sexual intimacy? Um, Yeah, I think I have all those. Let's move it up to esteem. Okay. Um, Self-esteem, confidence, achievement, respect of others, respect by others. I mean, yeah, I think I I do pretty well on this. I I definitely have, you know, self-esteem. It's there. It goes up and down like everybody's does. But I definitely have self-esteem. Confidence I probably have too much of, otherwise I wouldn't be releasing. No, you can't have too much confidence to succeed. In fact, my whole point, and this really? is why I feel like the uh, the uh, pyramid of needs is, is, uh, f- is not completely accurate. Because if you look on the top, you've got morality, creativity. This is what we're all striving for. Yeah, this morality, is the level of, this called is the self-actualization. Level. This is what we're feel, all striving Maslow for. Maslow feels we're all striving for. Morality, creativity, spontaneity, problem-solving, lack of prejudice acceptance of facts and the acceptance of facts is the part where i think this falls apart a little bit in conjunction with the self-esteem let me make my case i think it's better to be completely delusional about your life to achieve things and not accept real facts really yeah i think that like you, you have to have some sense of what's real otherwise you're not going no, to interact they've done, with they've done studies correctly. they've done studies and the president of the united states has to have certifiable qualities to get to that level he has to almost be insane because his level of confidence i mean who if you think about it who is like you know what i've got my life so much together i've got my family i've got everything all sorted out i think i'll just uh run an entire country that's how much I've got my run shit the, together. Yeah, run the biggest nation. I think I'll just uh, be in charge of the world. Yeah, I'll be the CEO of yeah. the world. I mean, well, I can't. I can't even control my family. If you if you think you're controlling stuff to that level, look at the great athletes. They are certifiable in terms of their confidence level, and that's why they're often not very likable. I mean, I know Matt, you're a Lakers fan, but Kobe's not a likable player. Uh, Tiger Woods is not a likable person. These guys are certifiable in terms of the confidence they have, the delusional self confidence, and then they succeed as a result of that. But I don't, I don't think that that leads to self actualization. A lot of these hugely successful um, politicians, celebrities, athletes—they're not self actualized people. In fact, I bet you'd find that a lot of them aren't. Because, you know, for a lot of people, that delusional viewpoint leads them to believe that once they become the best athlete or whatever, they'll be the happiest. And maybe some of them are. I mean, maybe Kobe is really walking around going, I'm the best. I have the best life. And all this. But he's, he's probably not a self-actualized person because he hasn't really reflected. You know, he's cheating on people. He's hurting people. He's not really reflecting on that stuff because, you know, even in the esteem, respect of others is even before respect by others. So you want to be respected by people, but you have to respect other people even to get. And sometimes if your self-esteem is too high, you don't. Your your confidence is too high. You know you're you're not really respecting other people. You're well, just the top you're of so the, much better than them. Okay, the top of the pyramid here says lack of prejudice. Do you feel that you have a lack of prejudice? Now here's what I think. Because we know you hate Gladys. 
can't. Well, I just I have a phobia of meeting people named Gladys because I'm so afraid that I'll say it, um, I'm always the Gladys to meet you. I just I don't want to say that. I think that's stupid. It's a dumb play on words. It's really embarrassing. And so I don't like talking or interacting with Gladys's. You may have a prejudice against. Uh, I know I come off angry. On Nancy Grace, do you feel that you? Yeah, but she's just one person. I don't even consider her a human. I mean, she is like if <laughs> you know, if like bat shit could form into a human woman and talk and have a program <laughs> on television. I mean, I think you're working towards. You're working towards instead of achievement and respect by others. Once you have that, once you've achieved stuff, you feel good about yourself. You respect other people. People respect you. Then you go to the next level because that final thing in the self-actualization is morality, creativity. So you're, once you've fulfilled all that stuff, you can sort of you're free to be creative. I think I am free to be creative. I am very spontaneous. You're very spontaneous. You're just very the, creative. Yeah, the other day, uh, we, you and I were talking, and I just slapped the groceries out of an old woman's hands. I saw that. It was very spontaneous. It was out of the blue. I didn't tell anybody that I did it. It was out of the blue. And then, uh, you know, problem solving. Obviously, you know, we, we, when we have more time, we can solve more of the issues in our lives. But I like the last two are lack of prejudice and acceptance of facts. Here's why. I, th- I think I don't quite have a complete lack of prejudice because I tend to be one of those guys who thinks, well, I've, I've figured a lot of this out. If you, What you're saying is wrong. You know, I can be prejudiced against extremely religious people, against, mm-hmm. you know, certain groups of people, not really races or ethnicities or, you know, men or women or anything. But I think I can be prejudiced sometimes about certain things. Well, and there's certain facts that you just won't accept. Well, like I, uh, you believe in athlete's foot. I think it's an actual thing. You don't believe in that. No, it doesn't exist. You need to accept that's this fact. You're never going to become self-actualized cash. Cash is. If I don't accept. Love if I don't accept athletes, but you got to accept that fact. But here's what I think the fact that they're really talking about at the very end of this okay. is. And I think that's the acceptance of the fact that we're all going to die. That's their final step. A truly self-actualized person is someone who's gotten to the point, And I think it's through fulfilling all of these things that you get to the point where you can now sort of look and take time to accept the fact that we're all going to die. Whether or not you're religious, there is a finite amount of time that you're going to be on this earth in this capacity that you're here. And how many days can you go without remembering that and accepting it? How many days can you go? I don't think a day goes by where it doesn't bother me. You think about it a lot. Yeah. But are, are you accepting it? I'm yet? not accepting of it. So that's, I think it's a cruel, but that's, cruel joke. And see, and that's the thing, is I think, and I'm not saying, oh, I, 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 I'm so perfect, but the one thing that I do have that a lot of people don't have is I do accept, and maybe it's because I almost died, but I think it's more of the fact that if you, I spend a lot of time trying to understand. That's what my mother sort of preaches a lot. You know, my parents aren't religious at all. My mother would always talk about acceptance, accepting the way that life is, accepting the tragedies as well as the good things, accepting the fact that sometimes you're going to feel bad and sometimes you're going to feel Accepting your good. tiny ears. I think I'll have to make an exception for that. Um, but yeah, so, and but I, and I think, you know, your final step is once you can accept that we're lucky to be here for the amount of time that we are, that it's an exciting, mysterious and totally unanswerable sort of existence, but it can be a lot of fun and you can do a lot of good for others. And once you've sort of accepted that and that you're going to die, then you can live a much sort of freer life. You can live a self-actualized life. I, I it's really hard your, to do. I, think I agree so with your principle. Do. Yeah. I have a hard time yeah. accepting it. And I, it I, is really it, hard. It seems absolutely and I, I think that inhumane. Really? Because I think everybody, I think it is inhumane. I mean, it's terrible that we all have to die. But I think every human being sort of has this, you know, has that fear. And Pete Holmes does a joke about it. Everybody has jokes about it. But, you know, he does a joke, you know, where it's like we're all we're doing is distracting ourselves just constantly just when we're deciding what toppings to put on our ice cream in the back of our heads. We're like, I'm going to die. I mean, none of this well, matters. It doesn't matter. Well, you're trying to make money. You come home. You go, hey, I got a promotion. You know, you're, you're saying that because you don't want to be like, hey, I have a little more money until money is useless to me because I'll, I won't exist anymore. Well, and eventually everyone will forget about me. That's why I'm not convinced. If you look at this uh, pyramid, I, I'm not convinced that we have. But really, in some ways, gone backwards uh, because 
because it's so easy to get the lower levels of this pyramid taken care mm-hmm. of, whether it be food and everything else, we have so much time on our hands now with technology. Yeah, that's that true. we're that we're 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 feasting on our own thoughts. We have we're marinating in our own fears about death. We have so much more time on our hands, and we have all these weird ways of distracting ourselves with technology. Really, and because com- back in the day, I don't think we had time. I think sports. I think we didn't have time before. You yeah. barely got to the ba- uh, top of this pyramid. This pyramid is so much easier to get to the top now. And, and I, well, that is true. I mean, when you're hunting for food before agriculture, every day was spent trying to survive. That was it. So you really have a lot of time to think, well, what does it mean when I die? Did I leave a fulfilled life? A fulfilled life was living, was being alive. And so now, once it's a given that everybody's going to survive, there is not limited resources in first world countries. You know, people are going to survive whether or not they're homeless, you know. Um, it, 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 it becomes a weird thing. And that's sort of one of the problems of modern man that you and I always talk about, which is that, you know, all of us are left with all this time on our hands. We have so much time. idle hands do yeah. the devil's work, and the devil's exactly. work is self-doubt. Yeah, we talk about that a lot. And so I, I, that's why I think another problem that people have is that they don't focus their time. And this is coming from one of the most ADHD people that any of us have ever met. What would you say? I didn't hear you. I didn't either. <laughs> I said it out loud, and I forgot who did it. Uh, but, you know, I, re- I think that we have all this time, and we sort of... We don't focus it on thinking about and achieving the right sort of things. And my biggest thing that everyone should be focusing on and trying to achieve is acceptance. Acceptance of other people. Acceptance that whether or not you call the guy Hitler, he's still going to think that gays shouldn't be married. And accepting that you don't believe that and he does. And that accepting that you can try as much as you can to change his mind and you may not be able to. Accepting that you're not going to be able to be the, the best person that you want to be all the time. Accepting your own failings. Accepting the failures of others in a relationship accepting that you know this is it rather than always wondering what well, should be more than this or I wish I had this all those things we should be focusing and putting energy into and instead we put energy into solving sudoku puzzles or you know watching a marathon of jersey shore yeah, yeah distracting we, our minds exactly we put more focus into distraction than acceptance mm-hmm. yeah and I think you'll never, as long as you're distracting yourself, which, by the way, it's how we make our living. I mean, comedians are professional sure. distractors. But if you don't focus some of your energy on acceptance and you focus all or most of it on distraction, then you're never going to become self-actualized. Yeah. And it's because you haven't worked on it, the closer you get to death, the more disturbing it's going to be. And that's why I think a lot of atheists... Uh, become religious towards the end of their life because mm-hmm. they didn't spend any time all the time that people spend in prayer and in connection with the spirituality and that sort of helping them understand death and a lot of atheists don't spend any time understanding you know their imminent demise and they need to everybody needs to well and what i've just done here after this conversation mm-hmm. we're, we're pretty much done talking about the hierarchy of needs but what i've done based on tj's speech here is on top of the pyramid i just wrote tj <laughs> just in honor of you it was in pen i don't it's know if a lot me, of people get to see it it's me sitting but um when they do sitting. a sort of a hall of fame of this show yeah. um you know and as you know this is our final show um yeah. You know, uh, when they do a Hall of Fame, they're going to remember this moment where I put TJ on top of the pyramid. Well, Cash, do you mind? And I, are we? Are you yeah, going to do maskers? No? Yeah. We're going to do maskers. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's move on to maskers. Well, thank you so much for putting me at the top of that. Although I'm not. I mean, look at this. Top I, of the pyramid. You know, morality. I struggle with a lot. I wonder what you know. Is everything that I'm doing morally right? Uh, cre- I don't. I don't think it is. But that's okay. Cre- yeah. You're having sex though. with uh, your girlfriend in a coma, and you're also. <laughs> Uh, her vagina is filled with. Uh, uh, Don't with, say it. It's going to give me a hard on underscore <laughs> ha ha. And that, my friends, is self actualization. Self actualization. When you can talk openly about such things. Let's move <laughs> along to the maskers session. Now, I, I guess since, since this is apparently. The last show, I don't know seeing that, but I, I, I will say again, you know, this is, it's not about masks. It's asking the masters, but I guess it doesn't matter anymore. So go ahead. Uh, this is from, uh, oh my gosh, I don't have who it is. We're going to have to do this. Someone's going to have to let me know who, who sent this. It's awesome, too. If a girl has a cat in her bridal party, is it too late to leave her? 
<laughs> Wait, so she wants her cat to be one of She the... wants her cat to be in the bridal party. I feel pretty strongly about these. What, what do you think about that? Well, here's my thing. Um, okay. <laughs> I think a cat is not my line or a dog. I think those are the two animals where I'm going to be okay with it. I'm not, I mean, it's not going to be perfect, but I can live with it. The cat or the dog, preferably the dog. There's other animals, any reptile, and I'm out. Is any type of fish? I know you love fish, but if there's a fish in the ceremony, I'm out. Okay, and I especially think it's bad for the for the uh, for the grooms, the groomsmen, because someone's got to be opposite of uh, that cat. You know, uh, hey Bill, uh, good news, bad news. Uh, good news, you're getting some pussy tonight. Bad news, she's not declawed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think that should be grounds for the the uh, the ending of an engagement. Yeah, for sure. If if you, I mean, if you're asking to put not you know animals in in the wedding, how are you getting that cat a bridesmaid's dress? Is that custom? How much does that cost? <laughs> is what if the cat is like kind of itchy in the the dress, then it's going to be moving around a lot during the ceremony. I mean, your priest can hardly remember your name. That's true. You know? That's true. Randy. Yeah. Roger. <laughs> Fire and brimstone is waiting for you, Roger. What were the dogs? You have to names? accept if there, that. If there were two dogs in the ceremony, what were their names? Mibbles and Harge. Do you remember, Matt? The dogs' names? Yours or his? Mine. Oh, shit. Bill Bisquick. Well, Bill Bisquick. Bill Bisquick. <laughs> Fitzo. Fitzo was yours. Yeah. We and can't Har- remember. We can't Harvard. remember our own show. We yeah, can't remember okay. our own show. That puts us lower on the pyramid of needs. That's true. We, we can't need, remember our own we need show. To pay more but yeah, I think you have to be wary about uh, animals uh, in your ceremony. No doubt about that. Yeah, Here's, I think at any point you can call off the engagement. Yeah, at any point. Here's another one. Um, I think this is from Henry Forbes, so I'm not sure, um, you know, correct us if we're wrong. Who would win in a fight, Abraham Lincoln or Barack Obama? To clarify, they're both at their physical peaks. Abraham Lincoln. I I just, I I don't think, you know, people in Abraham Lincoln's time were just tougher. There's just no way around it. That's why Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter... As possible as a movie, but Barack Obama, werewolf fighter, just sounds ridiculous. <laughs> you don't think Abraham Lincoln, uh, um, you don't think that movie sounds dumb, too? No, man. I think that, have you seen it? No, but the, neither the title. Oh, the title of it? Yeah. I've seen the title, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen the title. And what it is was it? great. Is it really good? The title's amazing. What is it? Vampire You've got to see it. You haven't seen it? You got to see it. I haven't it. seen it. It doesn't make sense to me. You, well, you, you, I mean, you just read it and it'll make sense. You've got to see the title. Okay. I'll see the title and then uh, I won't watch the movie. It's got one of those titles that you've got to see to believe. You've got to see to read it. You've got to see the title <laughs> to read it. You won't read it till you see it. Don't judge a book by its cover. Well, actually, <laughs> I'm going to. That's uh, what the title's for. <laughs> Don't judge a Don't book. judge a book by its cover. Don't judge a book by its cover. As Bill Bisquick says, don't <laughs> judge a book by its cover. You, you, then you said it right. Um, <laughs> you're trying to say it wrong. Now, I've taken this pretty <laughs> seriously. You try to say it right, you say it wrong. Uh, where is that on the hierarchy of needs? <laughs> where is mocking the host of the show? Where is that on the hierarchy? That's, on, that's under homeostasis. I believe that's Bam! Killer <laughs> chemistry slam! <laughs> Dist! Three snaps! And a butt slap. <laughs> Ow, shit. I hit the chair. Um, you know, I took this question pretty seriously. And okay. I don't, I think both sides, they really can't fight because uh, Abraham Lincoln has tried to free the slaves. I don't think it's going to good PR for him to beat up uh, somebody. And then. But what if, Obra- what if Barack Obama, what if they found out they both finished having sex with each other's wives? Mm, so there's some anger. Barack, Barack with Mary Todd. And Abraham Lincoln with Michelle. And then when they opened the door that they thought was to get out of the hotel room, it was actually one of those doors that connects into another mm, room. Interesting. And they were staying into the yeah. rooms next to each yeah. other. So they both open at the same time. They look. They see each other. They see their respective wife behind the person naked in the bed. And they're going to fight. And when that happens... Abe Lincoln gonna whoop that ass. <laughs> well, what I've done here, uh, TJ, here, let me give it to you. Thank you. Thanks. 
Got it. Thank you. That's, I've given you not only the pyramid of needs now, but the uh, I put together a some brackets for all the uh, ex presidents. <laughs> yes, and uh, just to see who would do well. Okay. And you can see here that uh, Calvin Coolidge mm-hmm. won the entire. Uh, yeah, he's beating the up all the presidents. Uh, FDR went out early. Did he win? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he went out pretty early. Uh, Carter goes down pretty quick. He does. Like That's a true, sack of peanuts. <laughs> uh, Nixon had a lot of reach. Did he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. A lot of reach. He's always throwing up those those two fingers. You get him in a fight, he's throwing them right at your he eyes. He went pretty far. Yeah. Teddy Roosevelt made it into the final bracket. Well, he's always he wearing tough. a coonskin cap. He sure. was tough. Yeah. Teddy Roosevelt, Calvin Coolidge. So, so Coolidge had the weight advantage. Well, the, what about Taft? He was out really early, I guess. Huh? Oh yeah, I don't. I didn't. It's hard yeah, to fight yeah. when you're stuck in a bathtub. Yeah, it's not easy. I've tried. Martin Van Buren had a good boxer's name, but he, he did. just didn't quite make it as far as we thought he would. Van Buren had been curing the common <laughs> out cold. TKO, y'all. Uh, let's do one more. Let's do another one. Let's do another maskers. Uh, we have time, right? Yeah. We have time for another Maskers? I mean, I'd like to do as many as we can if this is going to be the last show. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, you see a snail without its shell. Do you think naked or homeless? I think slug. (laughs) That was by at what got gainst. What got gainst? I I look at it, I I think, uh, I usually think naked. You know, I think of a naked snail. But uh, now that he puts it that way, I think that's more. That is a, a naked snail is a homeless snail. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, no doubt about that. Just just like if you see a man who's who, who doesn't have a refrigerator box around him, I just assume he's homeless. Any person, they can be in a suit, a tie. <laughs> if you're not wearing a barrel, yeah, you have to be wearing you're a barrel. To, yeah, yeah. And is a man in a barrel the snail of human beings? <laughs> You know what they are? They're peoplely. That's what they are. They're a little peoplely. Little peoplely. Damn squirrels. Little peoplely. Let's do another one. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. Do you think when a squirrel thinks another squirrel has been kind of dodgy and weird, he's like, "You're acting peoplely." You're so peoplely. Yeah. Get that smirk off your face. You're peoplely. Blake Feaser. At Blake Fleaser, he Fieser, he writes. Uh, I used the old "you're an embarrassment to your family" line today. Felt good about myself. Yeah. And here's the thing: I appreciate you using these lines, but I just want to warn you a little caveat here. When you're using the "you're embarrassment to your family" uh, line, just make sure, Blake, you don't use it with your own family. Yeah, that's I right. I thought to throw that in. That hurts a lot worse. If that, you say you're an embarrassment to your own family, that's worse. It's also you want to be really careful. You don't say that to an orphan. You know, I mean, if you said that's pretty much the worst thing you can say to an orphan is you're an embarrassment to your family. And because then they just say, what family? <laughs> that's true. That's true. So, well, you know, using, might... And in, in that case, when you're talking to your own family or an orphan, just go straight to the Hitler card. Call him Hitler. <laughs> I like to throw down the Hitler card as quickly as I can. In fact, uh, that was one of the uh, advantages. Uh, Calvin Coolidge uh, threw down the Hitler card pretty mm. quicker than almost anyone ever had. Yeah. Well, FDR. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's how that worked. Well, this has been so much fun hanging out with you, uh, T.J. Miller. It's been so great doing this show nice, yeah. uh, with you. It's been primarily you as a guest and, you know, I just wasn't able to get any other guests, so I don't know what I'm going to do. So, you well, know, Cash, yeah. If you would, I, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to say that there is something on this Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Uh, mine says T.J. Miller at the top. I know, but mine. I'm at the bottom because I couldn't get any. My, guests. I wrote something at the top too because, you know, a lot of the love and belonging that I feel in my friendships does actually come from you. And I know that doing this show for me has given me more self-esteem, more confidence in myself. I feel a sense of achievement every time we do a podcast. Um, we've gotten mad respect from the listeners. And, uh, I mean, we obviously don't respect any of them, but we're working on that part of the, the hierarchy. But I think it would be morally wrong to not do the show anymore. I think that you're, you're cutting off a, a, a major source of your creativity. Cause I think you're so creative in the show. You know, you're, it's your show. You're coming up with all these questions. You know, there's a spontaneity to it cause we're improvising everything. And, you know, instead of solving the problem of getting new guests, you're being prejudiced saying that people probably don't like your show because it, it doesn't have any other guests. And I think you need to accept this fact. At the top of my hierarchy of needs, it just says, 
being a guest on Cash again. Oh my God! Well, this means so much to me, so TJ. I, I guess what I'm saying is, I, I, I would hope that, and I'll, I, I will pledge to you right now. I'll try and help and get other guests interested in the show. And I'm sorry that you have such a difficult and abrasive personality that people don't want to go on your show. <laughs> but I disagree with those people, and I hope, and I'm, you don't have to decide now. But I hope that you'll have a show next week, uh, with or without any other guests, because if you want me, I'll be here next week. God, TJ, that means a lot to me. Thank you, buddy. Thank you so I'm much. I'm so glad I put your name on top yeah. of the hierarchy of needs. And I'm so glad I put you're being all a I guest need. on cash at the top of mine. What an <laughs> asshole I am. I'm just like, you say that the top of yours is TJ. Mine is also me being a guest on your show. <laughs> ah, pathetic. You know what, TJ? This, the, you've inspired me. God damn it, I'm going to do it next week. Well. I am. I mean, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to look around for a guest. I think then you're... <laughs> I think you're then going to have to accept the fact that I'm really excited. I'm really excited that you're excited. You just talked me into it. We're going to keep this show going. Yes, really? We're going to do it. Yeah. We're going to do it. All right, good. Yeah, and, and even you if should. it's just a triple banger lightning round for hours and hours at a time, it yes. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's you an know? important show, and it, you know what? It fulfills a need for me, a need for you, and hopefully a need for your listeners. And you know what, buddy? I know this particular episode was pretty heavy. You know, no. we talked about some serious stuff, yeah. but I'm going to take it more comedically, just like we have been in the past. Yeah. Next week's going to be funny. Next this week. one was pretty serious. Yeah. But, but that's it, important you inspired too. me. Sometimes so you've got to think to yeah. laugh, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You have to think about laughing, you know, otherwise you'll forget to. You know what would be perfect right now? What? A Michael McDonald song. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> you fulfilled all the needs. <laughs> Thanks for coming, buddy. You're at the top of the pyramid. <laughs> Hierarchy. Don't sail too close to the chicken's facial. <laughs> You kind of mixed a few there. I loved it. Thank you so uh, much for having me. Thanks, buddy. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 